Bytes, best of the Wii edition. We're counting down the top 10 third party games for the Wii in this segment. We're at number 9, and I'm here with Neil Ronahan to talk about Silent Hill Shattered Memories by Hi. Climax Soft Climax Software? Climax yes. or Entertainment? Climax Studios? Climax Studios, I think that's correct. Yes, Climax uh, Studios. Pub- there is another developer called Climax, I'm pretty sure, which okay. is weird. Published, of course, by Konami, it's, it's their franchise. Um, this is a game that came out at the very, very end of 2009 for the Wii. Um, it, it got fairly good reviews. I, I reviewed it myself. I don't recall precisely what I gave it, but I'm positive it was about an 8.5 or, or a 9. Might have been a 9. Uh, Not positive. Might have been a 9. I, I've always been really high on the game. Um, I think it's, it's a fantastic uh, Wii release. And while it's not free of problems, um, most of the problems that it has can actually be tied back to the story in some way. Um, and the, those that can't aren't a deal-breaker for me. And I think what the game does well, it does better than a lot of the other games like it. And most importantly, it's it fills a gap in the Wii's library that nothing else is filling. There's not a lot of psychological horror thriller games. There was a on, game, on the uh, Cursed Mountain, that came out that I really didn't like at all. But that was that was a game that attempted something like this, but it was not as not as well, good even, as this game is. Even like the Resident Evil games we got on the Wii were either is were either direct ports from already released games on other systems like Resident Evil Four, or they were like rail, on shooters. rail shooters. We didn't we didn't really get especially considering on the on the GameCube that we got like Eternal Darkness and all the Resident Evil games that we got were original titles. Yep. I mean, even the remake was really effectively an original title. It was so different from the PlayStation yeah. game. We didn't really get that on on Wii, but Silent Hill really did fill that gap rather nicely, um, and it did so with a lot of finesse. I think I just recently replayed the first couple hours of the game. I uh, love trying the first to get myself. It just it yeah. Sets, I, I wanted to remind so myself. Well. I wanted to remind myself what it was I loved about this game, and it it really does come off to a very strong start. There's a really stylized presentation. I, the the game attempts the sort of like VHS presentation where from the get go you feel like you're watching the entire game on an old tape, and that presentation carries the entire way through. The opening the opening cutscene rewinds and replays itself three or four times. Yep. And and during the game when you're in uh, action sequences, the tracking starts to give like you're watching a 15-year-old copy of Jurassic Park. It's it's really a cool effect, and it's, it's, the game does all kinds of things like that to make you feel like you're playing a game that had a lot of love put into it, um, which you can't say of a, of a ton of third-party games on Wii, unfortunately. But Silent Hill definitely feels like a, a, a labor of love, and uh, it never saw a release on a high-definition platform. It came out on PSP. 
It came out on PSP and came out on PS2, and honestly, with the way that you use the Wii Remote in this game, I can't fathom why they even bothered. Yeah, this I think game they were both perfectly delayed on those other two systems as well. The game is perfectly suited to the Wii Remote. Mm-hmm. The, the way the way that Harry Mason uses his flashlight to look around the environment works seamlessly with the pointer controls, and they basically treat the Wii Remote like an in-game cell phone. You hit the, hit the minus button to pull it up, and you can talk on the phone, or you can use... Um, a GPS to get an in-game map. Um, there's a camera which you can use to reveal secrets in the environment, and it's just it's just really the whole thing feels like a really slick package. Yeah, I mean, I and, I mean just going with the whole presentation, I just love the kind of setup for the story. I mean, it, it's a it's a reimagining of the first Silent Hill game, which if you're not totally familiar with that, basically this guy Harry Mason uh, goes into this town and gets in a car crash, and his daughter's gone after the car crash, and then he goes around this creepy town called Silent Hill uh, trying to find her. And in this game, it, it has that setup, but it also has a sequence where you're uh, in a psychotherapist's office. And, um, like, uh, the way that you... That basically, it's from a first-person view, and you're looking at the therapist, and you have to, like, you know, shake the remote or to, to nod your head, yes or no, for different things, and you have these different choices that you make that then... Like they're kind of invasive questions. Um, I, I mean, you you've played it recently, Andy, so you probably could could say more specifically one. But they're kind of questions that, like, if I was playing this in front of my parents, I'd be like, well, I don't really want to answer that. And, <laughs> well, the, you're handed a survey, and one of the questions yeah. on the survey is whether or not you've ever cheated on a partner. Yep. And when you if, if you answer no, which I did when I played it, the therapist picks up the, the survey, looks at it, says, huh. Looks back at you and says, never cheated on a part- partner, huh? Really? And then you have to answer the question again, <laughs> which is fantastic. Yeah, um, and the way that that kind of reflects in the game when you're when you're playing as Harry Mason in, you know, in Silent Hill, uh, then there's there's like a, a cop that will either look kind of normal or, you know, super va-va-voom, depending on what you answer. You know, a lot of the, um, the... The game actually tells you in the opening cinema that it plays you as much as you play it. Um, the idea being that the answers you give the therapist affect the way the, the environment looks and feels. But, you know, most of those changes are actually pretty cosmetic. I don't yeah. really think that that aspect of the game necessarily is that impressive. But what's really impressive is the way the therapist segments tie back into the story once you start to really unravel what's going on. Yep, yep. And um, I think we'll talk for another minute or so, but then we'll start diving into some spoilers. So we'll give you a fair warning. But the story in Silent Hill Shattered Memories is it's one that you can, you can you kind of can only tell with a video game. The way the therapist sessions interact with the, the, the regular story is it's seamless. And the the ending of the game I don't want to call it a twist ending because I'm not entirely sure that that terminology applies, but it, I definitely did not see coming where the game storyline took me. And it's the kind of ending that makes you want to start the game from the very beginning and reevaluate everything around you. Yep, yep. And honestly, that's the most impressive kind of storytelling you can do in a game. So let's talk a little bit spoiler. So if if you haven't played Silent Hill Shattered Memories and you think Get you might... Get your ass in gear and go play it, because it's wonderful. Just, just, just stop listening to this and go to the nearest closed-down blockbuster, break in, steal their copy of this game from underneath like the, the table where they have thousands of copies of Hannah Montana the movie, 
and uh, take it home and, and, and play this game because I promise you that if even if you don't love everything in the game, if you if you play to the end, you'll think it was worth it. Yep. And if you don't, then I will give you every cent you paid for this podcast back to you in a refund. <laughs> I promise. So, spoiler alert. Um, Neil, what did you think? Do you, how well do you do you remember the ending since you haven't played it um, in a while? Well, I'm, I'm also I'm looking at the Wikipedia page to kind of remind me. But, uh, I mean, I didn't really see the ending coming while I was playing it. And what happens is that you find out that the person in the therapy session is actually an adult version of Harry Mason's daughter, Cheryl. And uh, so, so, really, as you're playing Harry Mason in the game of Silent Hill Shattered Memories, what you're really doing is you're reliving... Not even reliving. You're you're you're, you're living a out fantasy version sh- of Cheryl's Cheryl. nightmares. Yeah, you're living out Cheryl's nightmares and all the things Cheryl tells the therapist as you answer his questions about what she's like paints a picture of the way she was raised by her father, yep. and that explains why the world changes the way he sees, or it changes the, the way he sees the world as he as he goes through it. That's actually really effective because. At one point in the therapist office, they ask you to paint a picture of your house, and they they give you colored markers, and of course the colors that you paint the house show up in the game. But that makes a lot more sense when it's Cheryl talking and not Harry, because that's where Cheryl grew up. Maybe it doesn't make more sense, but it makes a different kind of sense. It's, It's a really interesting story, and the way that the chase sequences get more and more confusing, it feels like it's a bad gameplay design component, because... The, t- the chase sequences at a certain point stop being any version of fun. They start becoming repetitive and, and frustrating but and I overly feel like long. But that's the point. But that's the point. Yeah. Because Cheryl can't break out of whatever maze she's trapped in, and the closer the closer the therapist gets to having a breakthrough, the more this fantasy version of her father feels like he can't break out of the shell that she has him trapped in. It's really a brilliant storytelling technique. It really is. And I mean, and, I, I mean, I, I was just saying that the, the ending kind of took me by surprise with, uh, with, with Cheryl being the person in the therapy sessions, but what didn't take me by surprise was I figured something up was, was up with Harry and that, like, he was probably already dead in a Sixth Sense-like way. Um, but even still, the reveal where it's just like, you know, he died in a car accident 18 years ago. Um, it's just kind of like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's just yeah. this really awesome moment. And then, and then, you know, the, the, the ending to the game kind of unfolds from there, where you have this, this really great moment where it's, you know, the, the therapy Cheryl kind of interacting with the Harry Mason character that you've been playing the entire game. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I just, I, I like that. It builds to such a great moment that makes those frustrating parts of, you know, some of, some of the, the lulls and the, the action when you're just exploring or, or the chase sequences, the nightmare sequences. It's all worth it for that payoff at the end, and there's there's not many games that I would include in that, um, but this is definitely one of them. Getting back to the the gameplay for a minute, there's something to be said for the fact that okay, there's basically two segments in the game. There's explore exploration segments and there's chase segments, and I've heard people detract from the game a little bit by saying, well, since you're since you can't be killed in the exploration segments, there's no danger, and it takes some of the some of the tension out of the game. <laughs> Not at all. And I, I don't think that's true at all. I think that if, if you're willing to immerse yourself into the environment that they built for this town, it's so effective at creeping you out. Um, there's just these like little touches here and there where you get the impression that this is a town that 
has had violent things happen in it. Whether it be via a writing on a bathroom wall or a voicemail from a from a ghost. Um, which also makes sense in the context of the story, by the way, because these are probably people that Cheryl knew at some point. Yep. Um, so, once again, it, it, when you're playing the game, it kind of feels like, well, this is just some random crap they added, in, they added in there to add atmosphere, and it feels out of place. And that may be true at the time you're playing it, but once again, it just takes on a whole other meaning once you've gone through the game and you realize that you're playing the entire thing through Cheryl, Cheryl's psyche. I don't know, I, just, I can't say enough good things about the way the game is built and that doesn't mean that it's not frustrating at times i i really actually found the the, the chase sequence that i that i went through on my my replay recently to be even more annoying than i remembered it um it, it, but it's tense and it, it really does kind of make your make your make your heart rate heart race a bit even if it's not necessarily in the best possible way because you think you you're, you end up running in circles a lot of the time in those things, which I think is probably also by design. But the game runs really smoothly. Um, I was really impressed on replay about how smooth, like the end. It feels like a well bit, well built engine for the Wii. The um, the flashlight pans over everything. There's no dips in frame rate. I really like that you can read signs on the wall without having to like walk up to them and press A to zoom in. Yeah, that's one of the things like, I remember really liking is how you know you could just look at things in the environment and then Harry Harry will comment on that. And yeah, it's you all, you, you it's all very to, fluid. You don't have to break up the game by by like cutting away to like a still shot of the sign you're trying to read, like in all the Resident Evil games. Like you just walk up to it, shine your flashlight. If it's a little too blurry, you can zoom in, but you most times don't even have to do that. Yeah. Um, it's it makes the game feel like it it doesn't take you out of the game like like Resident Evil games do so often. It makes you stay in the moment. Um, and you know even the even the few NPCs that you find in the game, like there's something very clearly wrong about them, even though even though you feel like finding other people in this empty town should make you feel less alone more than more often than not they make you feel more alone it's a really impressive um town they they built it's a really impressive empty empty town i love it i love this game yeah um i mean the one thing so, I, I guess uh, some other things worth noting about this game is that this was the last silent hill contribution from akira yamioka uh i, I don't know if i might be butchering his name but he's the guy who's known for you know doing the Silent Hill soundtracks, and this was the last one that he did before he retired from Konami. And now I believe he's working with Studio Fifty One. It's a good soundtrack. There's a couple of really yeah. good. There's a couple of really good moments audio-wise, and also the voice acting is pretty much fantastic. Yep, I mean, yep. it's not, it's not embarrassingly bad, so it's already pretty good. <laughs> and uh, it, it there's a few moments where like I think Cheryl is a young Cheryl is a little a little grating on the ears, yeah. but. The therapist is really well done, and all the NPCs that Harry encounters are all really well done. And Harry himself is also really well done. And then there's all the different endings that I mean, I, I ended up YouTubing most of them, but they're all they're all very good. And uh, yep. I mean, the UFO ending is especially humorous. Yes, I think all the Silent Hill games have a UFO ending. I I, I believe, played the second one, yeah, but I, I, I haven't I didn't, played I didn't much get of the that. other ones. I played Silent Hill two on on Xbox, and I really enjoyed it. But it's a completely different kind yeah. of game. It's it's often considered by many to be the best of the Silent Hill games, and honestly, I can kind of see why. Just without even having played the other ones, it's it's kind of the same thing as Shattered Memories in that 
it's also kind of told through the psyche of someone and not just a dude walking through a town with actual monsters. Yeah. So yeah, Silent Hill Shattered Memories is awesome, and if you haven't played it, you totally should. Uh, check out the article on the site detailing many of the things that we talked about today, but in textual form, um, written by me. And also check out all the other Best of the Wii third-party and also the first-party series that's going to be um, alternating back and forth. Yep, yep. So we're going to be running these all month long. Check it out. It's going to be a good time. All right. Bye. Thanks, thanks for joining me, Neil. No problem. Bye. The cold, the cold, the light, the light, the fear, the fear returning. It's not, it's not near.